It's do or die, baby. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm Ryan Winthrop, and unfortunately, once again, Dylan is not here due to work. This happens every time. We couldn't make it for the merge. Uh, I don't believe he was here for um, the double boot episode, but I think so. He always misses something big, and now it's the do or die, but he will be telling us his thoughts next week once we record the final six episode. Um, but I am so happy to see so many comments in the chat already. I'm going to get to probably every comment and question because, again, it's just me. So it would be quite boring if I was by myself and just talking to myself. So I'm happy to go through everything with you all. Great to see you, everybody. Hey, Lightning, Ohio State, Green Bay Packer, um, a few others. So, yeah, tonight was the do or die twist. And I have to say, it was a fun episode. You know, I think this is not a fun twist. Most people just don't like do or die, and I'll get into why for all the reasons. But even still, this was a very fun episode. I'm seeing great things on Twitter where this could have been a very boring episode. And thanks to, you know, the shenanigans from Omer and Lindsay and everything that happened with Dre and Mike, it made for a pretty fun episode. So I can't wait to go over this with all of you. Um, as we say at the top, if you have any other questions or comments, even though we have a lot already, Please put them in the chat and I will get to them all. And yeah, so let's get started. Um, let's just jump to the end first and then I'll go through it chronologically as we always do. But the do or die twist. Lindsay was the one this season, like Deshaun, where she lost the immunity challenge and she had to play a game of chance to survive in the game. And just like Deshaun, she ends up safe. We're going to get into all that and what happened. So they have an actual vote at the final seven, thank goodness. And in the end, Drea gets voted out by a vote of five to three because of the extra vote. And Romeo voted with her, so it was five votes on Drea and three on Mike. And everybody was in pretty good spirits. Um, I have to say, this is a very fun season and a very fun cast. I mean, we saw this with the high boot last week, and we saw it again tonight where... How is Drea going to react? Is she going to be pissed? Is she going to, you know, get very mad? Is she going to blow up someone's game? Even though she did take some comments after the game. We'll get into that. But everybody was excited. Mike was like, you're going to come see me. I'm going to come see you in Canada. People were laughing. It's a very, like Jeff said, it's a very fun group that they they like to play hard. And I, and I, and I love that. I'm enjoying the season a lot, especially uh, in over last season. But I can't wait to get into the rest of this episode um but i mean yeah I, I think i'm just still in shock for a lot of reasons i think the number one reason why i'm shocked is that it was a good episode even with the do or die twist because again if, if you are new here or you don't recommend you don't recognize this from last season if you are new to the show as well this was a new twist introduced last season in season 41 so the whole purpose is that you know this cast didn't get to see the previous season so they had no idea what was coming where you can choose to play in the immunity challenge to secure your spot if you feel like you need safety. But if you're the first one out of those that compete, you have to play a game of chance, which is the Monty Hall problem, to survive. If you feel that you don't want to play a game of chance, you don't have to play an immunity challenge, but then you run the risk of going home with no safety if you don't have an advantage. So it is an interesting dilemma. I think the reason why we as fans don't like the twist is because a it possibly gets rid of a vote at final seven and as um fans of the show and strategy we all like to see votes at the final nine 
and at the final seven because big flips can happen on these odd number votes. So any chance of ruining that messes with the flow of the game. So we don't like it. And the second thing is just that you never want to see someone go home to game of chance. Like even with rocks, you hate to see somebody go home to rocks. Luckily that's only happened three times so far in the show's history. Um, but at least in that case, the vote was tied. It was tied again. They were deadlocked in their discussion and they had to go to rock. So in that case, you can kind of understand like it had to get through multiple steps to get to that point here. It's like, if you, if you pick the wrong box and then you choose not to switch or not, you can just go home to a game of luck, which nobody wants to see, which is why this twist is so unfortunate. Um, and it's so funny that in both episodes of the do or die, we lose Liana last season and we lose Drea this season, both players who had the knowledge as power. And I think we can say misplayed the knowledge as power. Um, so we're going to go through all of this. I can't wait to dive into this with everybody. Even more comments and questions are coming in. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get underway. And we're going to pick this apart piece by piece, go over the strategy, go over, um, you know, was it the right move for Omar and Lindsay? We'll talk about whether, um, you know, you know, Drea made some missteps here, and then obviously we'll get into get into the twists and everything as well. But the first thing we see when the episode opens up is, you know, after Tribal Council, Mike is very happy high is gone. I believe his exact phrasing here was, um, you know, we lopped, you hear that sound? We lopped off High's head, and that's High's head rolling down the path. So Mike was feeling himself. Mike was so sold that this was the right move for his game, and High was the snake, he was the puppet master, and he had to go. And I think this kind of just proves what we've heard in post-game interviews and what we've kind of seen in the show, is that Mike obviously is very fun to watch. Mike plays hard. We love Mike as a character. But Mike can be an emotional player, and I think he admits that. He said that in his preseason interviews... He said it in confessionals that he's in tune with his emotions. And we see that he really believed what High was saying. Um, and by the way, again, thank you for the comments. Ohio State, Green Band, and Lightning. I'm going to get to all of your comments as we go through the episode and also towards the end. Um, but essentially, like, he's playing an emotional game and he played right into Omer's hand, where I think we can all agree in the short term, High wasn't really going to go for Mike. I mean, maybe at some point, if Mike, felt, if High felt a final five or final four, okay, Mike's a, a likable guy. He has to go. But I think in the short term, I, I don't think that Mike was in danger in High's perspective. I feel like High would have kept him around as a loyal number. So I feel like this may have been a vote too soon because Mike was in danger tonight. Mike. If Omer wanted it to happen, Mike would have been gone because he would have not told Mike about the knowledge's power. Drea would have stole his idol and Mike would have been voted out basically if they all wanted him gone. But because of Omer and Lindsay, um, Mike is still there. So this is this happens all the time. And we'll see this later in the episode when Omer references it again. Sometimes when you take out the biggest threat, you have to make sure that you're also not the next biggest threat. A perfect example, is, and we see this all the time in Survivor, but a perfect example is Edge of Extinction. You see a series of events where, you know, Julia goes, okay, well, then they take David Wright out, and Kelly and Wardog are like, yes, we did it. Then Kelly's the next biggest threat, and they take Kelly out, and Wardog's like, aha, I got Kelly Wentworth out. And then Wardog goes. So every time you, you cut off the highest piece of bamboo, if you're the next tallest piece, you're going to get cut off. So... 
honestly, when you play this game, and I've never played this game, but when you play the game, you have to make sure that you are managing your threat level. So Mike at this point was playing a game where he, he took control of his own fate. High is now gone, but he was the next biggest threat along with Drea. So he, I think he's lucky that he's in with Omer and Omer's possible final three plans at this point. Um, the one more thing we see before the next day comes about is, you know, Romeo. And this was a very interesting episode uh, for a lot of players and also Romeo because Romeo's whole storyline this episode was basically, I'm on the outs. I think the big players will go after each other and maybe Marianne and I will survive, but maybe the five will eat each other, which is what happened. And Romeo does this. He just eats the rice and he doesn't do anything at camp. This was an episode that felt a lot about the characters and the camp life until the second half when it was all about the do or die twist and then all about the um, the knowledge is power. But this felt like an old school episode or at the very least a pre-merge episode, which I think a lot of people, myself included, love to see. We were seeing the bickering. We were seeing people um, have tensions over food. This is classic Survivor stuff, or this is pre-merge when you vote people out for possible non-game-related reasons. So it was very interesting to see the premise of Romeo going out, not just because he's on the outs, but because he doesn't do anything, anything at camp. And they want the most worthy players and the hardest playing players to go farther. You mean your mileage may vary. I mean, I'm somebody who would want to go with the people I can best beat. I mean, it'd be great to be there with a bunch of gladiators, but... I'd rather put myself in the best position to win the game personally. Um, but essentially what we see here is um, the next day, the remnants of that big alliance, even though High is gone, even though Roxroy is gone, the remnants of the big alliance, so Jonathan, Lindsay, Drea, Mike, and Omer, they're still tight on the beach, like I said. And the two on the outs at camp is Marianne and Omer. Sorry, Marianne and Romeo. And this group is like, who do we go take take out? And they seem to be leaning for Romeo instead of Marianne, which I think is the correct choice if they stuck together. Because if you stick together, yes, the, even though Marianne has some ammunition with her extra vote and her idol, even though they don't know she has an idol at this point because she found it after the double tribal twist, um, I think Romeo, and I've heard this before on other podcasts, he's somebody that has the potential to scheme and scramble where Marianne, even though she, she has some, some game to her, Romeo is somebody who they've shown as paranoid, somebody who like somebody who um, can maybe sway things in his way. If um, he gets into people's ears. And I think that player is more dangerous on the game board than others. So I think if they were to stick together, it would have been the right move. But obviously as we saw, this big group was never going to stick together. Um, and the interesting thing next is that while Mike, we're seeing a big heel turn for Mike. You know, Mike was somebody who was all about loyalty throughout most of the game. And I think as more and more people started to betray him, I think he realized, I can't do this anymore. I have to play to win. Because as soon as he realizes that from Omer's mouth, that I was puppeting him, he wanted... Um, high gone, and he was more than happy to lie to High's face. Now, tonight we see he's preaching loyalty and to, uh, to Drea and to the group, and he says, okay, I, I want Drea out. So Mike is willing to play the game, and he's willing to take her out because 
I'm not working with her, which is interesting because we've, we've seen them on the same page for most of this game. And even after the votes, they seem to have a really friendly and great relationship after she goes. But he says, I'm not, she's the only person who I'm not working with that is my biggest threat due to her extra vote. And little did they know about her knowledge as power at the time as well. And before she had her idol as well. So they, Drea had the biggest, the biggest, um, you know, chamber and she emptied the chamber tonight. A lot of, um, a lot of things happened tonight, which was interesting. And I saw a comment that I'll get to later about how advantage Geddon might play into this, but I don't think it's going to happen anymore. Uh, and the other thing that we see as well is that Omer points this out. Omer says, you know, Mike is playing harder than he lets on and, Mike is the new high. He became the very thing he swore to destroy. Um, and basically, I think Omer's kind of spot on where, you know, Mike is kind of, he's kind of feeling himself. As Omer said, he's kind of high after the high vote. Um, but Omer realizes that if Mike is going to, you know, assume that new leadership role and assume a role where he wants to play hard, he's got to go. And I, and I think this just shows that, you know, we're getting a lot of great content from Omer. I, I think at this point, and I, we're seeing this in the chat as well from um, Ohio State, that Omer is so much fun to watch. And I saw as well that, you know, Omer is making, you know, key observations that Mike is becoming the new high. I think at this point, yeah, and as with this as well, like Omer is making a lot of great moves. The Lydia vote, the high vote, the Dre vote. I think as fans, we would all be upset at this point if, if, um, if Omer doesn't win. Because, you know, he had a good pre-merge where he was aligned with Jonathan. He was situated well. But because they kept winning, we didn't see too much of him. And then he's really come to emerge in the post-merge, whereas High started out very strong after flipping his tribe around and then started to go on the decline a bit. So it's been very fun to see Omer's rise to power. And as of right now, no one's been onto him. He's the only person left whose name has not been written down yet. And he's positioned very well. The question is, do people start to catch on? Um, if next week is final six, there's only uh, two more votes, final six and final five, because final four is fire making. So does he get caught on to by the end? We'll have to see. But, he, but like people are saying in the chat, he's playing so well and he's so fun to watch. I think we would be very disappointed if um, if he went home because he's totally controlled the game. He has a great social game. He's great socially. His threat level is managed very well. I think for me, even though I like to watch Mike as a character, and even though I've been very happy to see Lindsay emerge more as a player, I would be still disappointed if either of them won. I'd be kind of happy for them because I, I like both Lindsay and Mike as players and as people, but I've just been so invested in Omer's rise in this game. So if he doesn't win... I think a lot of us would be like, oh, he's the robbed angel, the robbed goddess. So we'll have to see what happens with Omer here. Um, the last thing we see before the immunity challenge is a Jonathan segment. Now, I know people are very uh, hit or miss on Jonathan. Some people in our chat on Twitter either like him or hate him. And I think the, um, the interesting thing here is that it's all about how he's eating less because he's a bigger guy. And he said to himself, if I want to manage my threat level, I want to eat the same amount of calories as everybody else, same amount of rice, which makes me seem more for the tribe. The problem is, is that I require more calories than everyone else because they're half my size. So 
that doesn't seem you know fair to me because I'm wasting away here. And I feel like, and, and Rob Cesarino said this on Twitter pretty well, where it's so funny how in confessionals from the start of the season up through now, Jonathan seems somewhat self-aware in confessionals where it's like, I can't say anything because I'm a bigger guy and I will look bad if I say something and I have to not you know, yell at people and I have to try to play a social game. He has the right intentions, but he can't bring himself to do what he has to do where, you know, we saw him start to lose his patience. As Lindsay says, he's getting hangry um, and his attitude is changing. And now people want to vote him out because of his attitude. And then he and Dre got into a fight over the fishing nets. And, you know, you can debate whether, you know, Drea was in the right or whether Jonathan was in the right. But I, I, I mean, it's so funny how he, I feel like in a sense, he knows what he has to do, but he just can't bring himself to do it, which, you know, I mean, this, if you have heard the saying before, they say that a leopard can't change their spots. And I've always believed in that where if you're a leopard, you, you can't change your spots entirely, but you can try to hide them. You can try to blend in. You can try to, you know, blend into, into the shadows. And I think he did a good job early on. And I think as the game has gone on, he's winning more challenges. He's a big public threat. He's getting hangry. He's becoming somebody who people may want to take to the end. Now he won tonight, and maybe he would have went home without the um. He maybe maybe he would have went home without um immunity, factoring out the do or die for a second. But I mean, last week they took out high, and Jonathan wasn't taken out. You can make an argument that who's the goat? Is Romeo the goat? Because we're not really seeing him. They're they're kind of chastising him for how he is at camp. He has uh, shown as paranoid. Romeo is a clear goat. But if you want to compare Jonathan to Xander from last season, there's a chance that at this point, with only two votes left, and there are other big fish to fry, this group might say, you know what? Jonathan is not well liked. Yeah, maybe Mike likes him and maybe Roxroy likes him. But if I'm a player, and granted, I know Omer doesn't have the same vision that we have outside the game. If I'm Omer and I had that foresight, I would be like, okay, if I'm Chanel, I'm not going to vote for Jonathan. If I'm high, I'm not going to vote for Jonathan. I don't think Tori likes Jonathan. I don't know if Mitrea likes him or Marianne. So if I'm aware of how players feel about other people, like what their optimal move is or what their um, their desired voting strategy is, so to say, I would maybe say, is Jonathan a better GOAT? Because, I mean, maybe at this point, a, a perfect GOAT combination could be Jonathan and, and Romeo. And I, I feel like if you said this weeks ago, you would say, how could Jonathan possibly be a GOAT? Romeo is a, Romeo is, is, is a clear vote, um, a, cl a clear GOAT. But I think also if people don't want to vote for Jonathan, because people are always going to vote for who they like the best or who they feel will best represent the season, you have to take that into account too. I do see Lightning's point here where, you know, Jonathan has been in the majority and Xander was kind of blindsided. I, I will say Jonathan has been on more right sides of the vote. And if you're somebody who, like me who takes that into account, voting correctly and knowing where the strategy is going is a big factor in who I would want to win. Um, so I do agree, Lightning, that Jonathan would be less of a goat than Xander, because I think nobody wanted to take Xander out. Everyone wanted him in the end, and that's why he didn't get any votes. That being said, um, I feel like Romeo is still the biggest goat, but it wouldn't surprise me if Jonathan got to the end and didn't win. Like, people, I mean, if, if you watched Game Changers and you were somebody who was very invested in Will Sarah or Bradwin, 
I was pulling for Sarah as a fan of strategy. And my friend who was a big challenge guy was super pulling for Brad Culpepper because he won five immunities. And when Brad didn't win, he was like, how did Brad only get three votes? He dominated the season. And I'm like, I think that a Brad wasn't as in the loop as Sarah was. Sarah was much more voting correctly and B people like Sarah more than Brad. So I think these are things that you have to take into account. Um, also, Christian, I do agree with your comment here really quickly. I really hope the next immunity challenge is a puzzle. We've seen a million in a row of endurances, which is always fun, but I want to see a puzzle because as people always say, the puzzle is the great equalizer. And I would love to see a puzzle next week. And I will get to more of these questions as we keep going through the uh, episode. Speaking of the challenges, though, we now get to the immunity challenge where do or die is back. And it's the same as last season. Throughout 42, we've seen a couple times where Jeff says, okay, we're going to tweak things here or there. We're going to experiment. Nothing changed this time. You either play and win immunity or you're the first one out and you have to play a game of chance or you choose to sit out. No shot of immunity, but you don't have to play the game of chance. So exactly the same. The biggest thing we have to remember is that this could have been a lot worse. When we first heard the rumors about do or die, if anybody remembers this, we thought when we heard the rumors, it's a game of chance for the first person out. So we all thought, oh my God, everybody plays. If you're the first one out, you're forced to play a game of chance and you go home. And we all thought, well, Heather's dead. <laughs> At this point, Heather's going to lose and she's going to go because of uh, do or die. And luckily, the producers thought ahead and said to themselves, okay, well, we can't force them to play this game of chance and make them all play. We'll give you the option to sit out. So it's at least marginally better, but it's still not a great twist. I don't think we're going to see it again. I saw a comment about that, actually. Um, where was this comment about do or die? Because I, I agree with the comment, though, that we're not going to see it again, I don't think. Um, because they can't really do it again. Um, if I can't find it, I'll pull it up later. But either Green Bay, Lightning, or Ohio State said that we will not see it again, and I do agree. Um, but anyway, like it could have been a lot worse. And I think this was still a great episode, even with the do or die. So I'm very grateful to the players that they made it more exciting than it could have been. Because I think even last season's episode, uh, last season with the do or die wasn't a horrible episode, but I don't think it was that great. So I'm really happy that we um, got a great episode tonight. So the crazy thing about this episode compared to last season was um, was that everybody set out, but Jonathan and Lindsay, it was a showdown. Whereas last season, I have to go back and look, I think at least four people played. I know Danny played, I know because he won. Deshaun played, I think Ricard played and someone else played. I think only one or two people sat out. Maybe it was Erica and Heather, only two people sat out. This time it was a showdown and now we're all on the edge of our seats because we're like, oh my God, I, the person who wins is safe and has immunity. The person who loses is forced to play the game of chance. They can't at least be the second one out. They have to win or they're going to do or die. So when we all saw Lindsay versus Jonathan, I think all of Twitter and all the fans out there said to themselves, well, one of a few things, if you're a Jonathan fan and he goes home to this, you're going to be pissed. If you are a Lindsay fan and you don't like Jonathan and you feel like Lindsay's on the rise, seeing her go home to a twist would make you pissed. The only way this doesn't fail, and um, the producers got lucky once again, as we'll see later, that the person who lost um, the challenge did not succumb to do or die. So good thing that didn't happen. 
but it was crazy to see Jonathan versus Lindsay in the showdown. Um, this was a challenge that we saw a couple times. We saw this in Sam Wandel Sir when it was Reed versus Natalie. We saw this in David versus Goliath for like five hours, famously with Christian and Alec. And I gotta say, quick side note, I, and, and maybe I'm being a bit biased here because I'm not, I haven't played this game before. I, I get that it's they're giving them less food. I get that this is a brutal game. As Jeff would say, it's a new era. It's it's um it, 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 the monster. I get that it's harder, but it's day 21 compared to like day 28, 29 when, they, when they've done this before. And this lasted, what, 15 minutes? This was over within half an hour, I think. And you knew that was going to happen because they kept teasing us with like, oh, all these panning shots. It's been like a couple hours. This is a, a, a gladiator fight. And Jeff's like, you've been up there in 10 minutes. And everyone, and my, my, I'm watching with my family and they're all like, it's only been 10 minutes? Like, Parvati would have been up there for five hours. And, and I do agree. I feel like even though it's it's a harder game, it kind of is weird to see endurance challenges go for so long in the past. And now they're over in just a few minutes. It's in one way, it shows you how much harder this game is because they're so deprived of food and resources. But on the other hand, I think as old school fans, we say to ourselves, you couldn't have lasted at least an hour when people have gone five or six long gone are the days of the brutal endurance challenges. Um, but anyway, Jonathan does win. I'm actually a bit shocked that he did win considering a big sticking point in the last few weeks has been, he's not great at endurance. His feet are too big. He, he just has too much body mass and Lindsay won the last endurance challenge. So I was actually kind of surprised that she didn't win tonight. I have good for Jonathan. He has a second win. Him and Tori both have two wins on the season, and Tori went home. So Jonathan right now has the most immunity wins in the season so far, but I feel like if anyone can catch him, it would be Lindsay. Um, but now we go back to camp, and this is where the episode goes into hyperdrive, and this is where it was so much fun to watch, and I can't wait to break this all down and then go into the comments to kind of see all your thoughts here as well. Um, if you have any more comments or questions, keep putting them in. We'll, we'll get to everything. But basically, everybody appears on the same page, like pre-challenge. Okay, we're going to vote out Romeo. He's on the outs. He's paranoid. He's just eating food and not contributing. He makes perfect sense to go. And us five will stay strong. That's what they're all saying to each other, and they tell Drea. But Mike says to everyone else, no, 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 no. Drea's going to go. She has an extra vote. She's an aggressive player. She is a big threat in this game. And... Everybody seems to agree, just like the high votes. It seems like this is kind of obvious. It seems like Marianne is is on board. It seems that Lindsay is on board. Omer, even though Omer throughout this episode weighs to himself, do I take out Mike or do I take out Drea? Who do I want to roll forward with right now in the game? And even he's like, Drea's got to go. She's the biggest threat. But maybe Mike can go, but Drea just has so much ammunition at this point. She's a really tough player to get out. And it seems like Drea is the consensus vote like High was last week. But this is um, the mark of a great player. And I, I do want to give a quick eulogy to Drea here, kind of like I've done with everyone so far, like High last week, um, and etc. It was a lot of fun to watch Drea play. Um, I, I hope people agree in the comments. I feel like she she's a player that I would love to see back. I don't know if she would come back or how she would do, 
but she was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, if, if I had to say Omer is my number one of who I'm having the most fun watching, Drea's got to be number two. I've never seen somebody not care about the consequences. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter what beware advantage there was. Drea was like, I'm taking everything I can get and I will deal with the ramifications later. And she had the biggest cash of advantages that we've ever seen. She had an idol at one point. She had her amulet. She had her knowledge as power. She had an extra vote. And then, of course, she had her shot in the dark. She, I, I agree with Ohio State. She was a lot of fun to watch, and she played very hard. Um, so I do want to give Drea a lot of credit here. I think a lot of people were very, very um, interested to see how Drea did in this game. But, but basically, this is why I also think she's a great player, even though she didn't win the season, because of the reads. Now, people can say, well, they they, they, they build this up in confessionals. They, they, they throw something in there to make us believe that something can happen. But I really do believe that when players like Drea, and we, and we see this all the time in Survivor, old school and new school, she says, I'm picking up different vibes. The vibe at camp is different. People are walking away in a different way. People are looking at me different. The vibe is shifted. And I and, and even though sometimes you have to trust your gut, sometimes your gut might you might be deceived by your gut. I really do think that the great players can sniff out when something's awry. If you've been talking to the same players since day one or even since the merge, day whatever it was, like day 14, it's been a good amount of time. And if Omer and Lindsay and Jonathan, if they're all talking to you one way, and then right and then two hours before tribal, they're kind of acting different and they're not looking you in the eyes. It's a bad sign. And we see a lot of times where players, they don't pick up on it. And, and, and that's how blindsides happen. Cause the definition of a blindside, as we famously heard said by Kim Spradlin is you send somebody home who has no idea they're going home and you convince them that they're safe otherwise. And a great player can sniff out something's not right the vibe has shifted. Andrea says to us that people are acting differently and I have to do something about this. So she goes to Omer and she says to Omer, is the plan still Romeo? And he's like, as far as I know, the plan's Romeo. He's, he's deceiving her. But, but um, she's like, you know, I think Mike should go, Omer. He has to go. And Omer's like, he's a good choice to go, but he has an idol. I, I mean, if he plays it, that's tough. And she goes, I'm going to take it. And I think everybody fell off their chair at this point because I, I was so happy last week. I was so happy that last week that finally, when Marianne found an idol, she said, I'm not telling anybody. And I'm not going to give any hints that I have something because no pun intended, knowledge is power in this game. And all season long in 41 and 42, people just like to blab and tell advantages. Boston Rob says on Twitter that pe hey, people can't keep their mouths shut anymore. And it's true. People just like to talk about advantages. I chalk it up to the fact that they had to go through quarantine. They've been bottled up. They've been itching to play. Survivor was off the air for a little bit. So they're just shot out of a cannon and they want to just play the game hard and tell people, which I can understand that even though it's not great for your game to share um, about advantages. Um, and you know, I was so I was so hopeful that great Marianne's not going to tell anybody. I'm hoping Drea tells nobody because everyone knows about her extra vote. Lindsay knows about her amulet. Omer and Mike know about her amulet, but no one knows about knowledge's power. And right away she goes and tells Omer about knowledge's power, and I'm just like, 
to be fair to her, she didn't see what happened last season with Liana. She didn't know that it blew up in Liana's face. But I mean, this is kind of this this is why I don't think we're going to see it again. Also, just because people know about it now, people don't like it because it's an overpowered advantage. If you don't say anything, if Drea didn't say a single word, I think she still would have been here tonight. Granted, I, I do think that even if she didn't tell people, Omer and Lindsay still could have chosen to blindside her. Uh, Mike could have still played his idol and she could have went home all the same. But I think her odds of staying would have been a lot better if she didn't tell people. Because as soon as she told Omer, Omer told Lindsay. And then Mike knew about it because as we see later, Mike gives Omer his idol to hold on to, to protect against knowledge's power, just like we saw last season. So you have to keep this information close to the vest. And I think this kind of proves in this new era of Survivor where there's a lot of advantages and people are going to play hard no matter what, you have to just keep secrets. Because for the longest time, we've seen Rob and Steven and others debate, well, do you keep idols a secret or do you tell your ally to build trust? Because telling secrets can build trust with your number one if they are your number one. I think it's a good thing to build trust, but the problem is in this new era, or at least in modern Survivor, think like post-Cambodia if you want to say that, there's a lot of advantages and people are playing very hard. So you run the risk of that slipping to everybody in camp. And as we saw with Liana and with Andrea, it kind of spelled partly the end of their game. So it's just really fascinating to see it happen. I don't think we're going to see it happen again, but it's just poetry in a way that this happened twice in a row and they didn't get to see what happened. Cause I guarantee you if Drea saw it happen to lit to, um, to liana she would not have done this um but basically now this was the most exciting part of the uh episode and I, and I know i saw this in the comments as well i will go through everything in a little bit um as we start to get to questions but this confessional from omer and this segment with Lindsay and omer talking was so fascinating from a strategy st standpoint we saw like part one of this last season where Liana, if she didn't say anything, could have used the knowledge's power to take Xander's idol. He can't lie about it. And then she has an idol. Super overpowered. Because she tells Evie or Tiffany, and then she I forgot who she told. She told one of them, and then they all blab to each other. They said, let's protect against this. Xander, you act like you still have it. You're going to give it to Tiffany. She'll never think Tiffany has it. Worst case, she thinks Evie has it. And we can block this. We're going to waste her knowledge's power. And that kind of ruined Liana's game because they all couldn't trust her anymore. Um, this season, so basically they thought of a way to defeat it, which is very impressive. For the first time that this is shown in that season, they find a way to defuse it. So the same thing happens this season where Omer and Lindsay are like, okay, well, if we want to take out Drea and we don't want Mike to give her his idol, we'll just have Mike give it to one of us and she'll waste it. And I'm like, great. They, they thought of the same thing. Great. That, that's really brilliant. Great job by Omer Lindsay. Then they go a step deeper. I typed this out in my notes down here. So if you ever see me looking down, I have notes on my uh, laptop down here. And then now all of you are on my big screen up here. So let me know if I get anything incorrect. But this is what I wrote down, that they debated taking out Drea or Mike. If they wanted Mike out, they would let Drea take his idol and vote him out. If they wanted Drea out, as we saw tonight, they have Mike give them his idol. So that way she wastes it. They give the idol back to Mike. They build some trust. The three of them that we saw in the reward last week, Omer, Mike, and Lindsay, they want to work together to final three, presumably. 
and Drea goes home. And then and I, I even saw on Twitter that uh, Brian Scally said this as well as some other people that if you want to go even more meta, Omer can, if Omer trusts Mike a lot and more than Drea, he should let Drea steal Mike's idol and then just vote her out with everything. Then you get rid of all her advantages. The only problem with that is if Drea steals his idol and then she immediately plays it, that would then ruin that plan. But the thing that was the most interesting that caused me to lose my mind was that Omer goes, I could kind of do it all. I could get Mike's idol in my pocket. I could get Drea to waste the knowledge's power. She blows up her game. I vote Mike out and I keep his idol. And I'm like, Omer is playing four dimensional chess. And everyone in the comments here as well was just like, Omer is, he's a better player than Shannon Ricard combined. I agree. You know, Omer is, he's a genius. He's fun to watch. Like we were loving seeing Omer go through this. I think the question then becomes, was it, was it the right move to take out Drea instead of Mike? I feel like it was the right move. Mike, even though he is emotional and even though he's starting to assume more of a aggressive playing game, he does seem to be a loyal guy to those who he truly feels loyal to. And if he's loyal to Omer, and if Omer wants to go with Lindsay and Mike to the end, I feel like this was the right move. If they locked in the final three last week at the reward, then it makes perfect sense that he gets rid of Drea here. Uh, the biggest thing that I am curious about is we heard in post-game interviews from High that he, Drea, and Omer were very, very close, and we never saw this on the show. I think we know why now. I think we know why we didn't see Omer and Drea's connection, because he was inev inevitably going to get her out. But it was so fascinating to see Omer and Lindsay go through all the scenarios of we could take Mike out or Drea out, or we can waste the knowledge's power, or we can take his idol and vote him out. Kind of like... Um, uh, an, uh, an ode to, um, you know, Sierra and uh, Sarah and Game Changers where, you know, Sarah gets her legacy and she votes her out. So it was so fun to see them go through the scenarios. Um, but then we get to Tribal Council and we play the do or die and Lindsay is safe. It, it blew my mind. I, I, I tweeted this out from our official account that it was unbelievable. But the fact that two seasons in a row, you have to tell, I, 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 Survivor is not rigged. I've always believed that Survivor is a real show. I still believe it to this day. You know, people might try to debunk it, but it really is a show that, that everyone tells you it, it's a real show. But the fact that two seasons in a row, Deshaun and uh, Lindsay both pick a box and they choose not to switch, which is incorrect, and they stay it, it, it blew my mind. Now, I'm very happy. If Lindsay went home due to this twist, I think everybody would have been very upset that a, that a rising player got taken out by a crappy twist. So it was great to see her survive. But what are the odds this happens two seasons in a row? Just to go over this one more time, if people forgot, the do or die is Monty Hall, where there are three boxes. I should have had a diagram like Christian Hubicki. But by the way, Christian Hubicki is probably losing his mind right now because he has explained that you always switch and the fact that neither person has switched and they both ended up safe by making the wrong probability choice, he's probably losing his mind right now. I have to go check his Twitter out later. But essentially, there's three boxes, kind of like a game show. Behind one of these three boxes is a safety flame. Behind the other two boxes is a death skull. You pick a box. Before you see what's in it, Jeff says to you, I'm going to reveal what's in box three, a skull. Now, knowing that you have now a skull here, 
you have two boxes left. You either can keep your box or switch it. Now, most people would say if it's a one-third shot, it's one-third either way, so why wouldn't you switch? But as Dylan and I explained last season, I'm not going to go into it all again. You can check out our podcast from last season about the do-or-die. But probability-wise, it makes sense always to switch because it's a one-third chance if you stay, a two-thirds chance if you don't stay. Because when you when you click it in, you lock it in, you have one-third in this box and then two-thirds of it being safe in the other box. And by taking out one, the two-thirds remains, yada, yada, yada. It usually makes sense to switch with the do-or-die. So the fact that it, uh, it didn't work out the producers should realize this is a bad twist. It failed two seasons in a row. Don't bring it back. But I'm very happy that Lindsay beat it. Then the last thing we see in this episode before we get to questions is Drea decides to use her knowledge of power and says, Mike, do you have an idol? And just like last season, it doesn't work. Mike looks at her and goes, no, I don't. And again, I'm very happy that everyone's in good spirits. Nobody's getting bitter. Nobody's, you know, acting all pissy. Everybody is super energetic and they're like oh my god i can't believe this what just happened and high and highs on the jury like ohio state says highs on the jury like she should have like uh, she should have switched um and you know everybody's going crazy over this, this twist because they hadn't seen this last season and drea's like wow now mike just knew that i took a shot at him he was taking a shot at me but now he publicly knows i went for him and they go up to vote she now says i'm gonna empty my pockets I'm keeping my amulet in case uh, Lindsay ever goes home, but I'm playing my extra vote. I'm playing the knowledge's power. She kind of is just emptying the, emptying the uh, chamber and she votes for Mike twice, but it's not enough. Drea will go home by a vote of five to three. Uh, there are seven people left, but because of her extra vote, there were eight votes cast tonight. Um, the three were two of hers and Romeo. So Romeo again is voting with, either who he perceived who he, who he perceives as an ally or he's on the outs again and this further proves that Romeo could be our final three goats I thought it was Tori it seems pretty clear that it's Romeo unless they want to take Jonathan to the end for some reason but Romeo has been out of, of the votes I think since the merge the only vote I think where he voted correctly was the Roxroy vote every other time he's voting incorrectly so doesn't speak well for Romeo's chances in this game um but in the end, it was a very fun sequence. And to see everybody in good spirits was like so fun to watch. Mike's going to go visit Drea in Canada. Um, it, it was just so much fun. This is a very fun group. And I, I think that um, someone said this at the bottom as well, that I think in the end, and, and now listen, everyone, when you rank seasons or when you talk about your favorite seasons, it's all subjective. You can like what you want to like. Um, you know, I, I love... Pearl Islands, Heroes versus Villains, Kageyan, David versus Goliath. Some people will like other seasons. You like what you want to like. But I think we can agree that at the end of the day, 42 is going to be way more remembered, more highly regarded, a very fun cast. Um, the twists weren't as impactful. I mean, they're the same twists, but we didn't hate them as much this time. And um, there was, I think, just more palatable things for a lot of people. And I think it was just it was a lot of fun to watch. And I'm very sad we only have two more episodes. Next week is final six. And then the next week on May 25th is our finale. So we will see what happens. And by the way, I have said to Dylan that he better be here for the finale. I know he's been busy with work. We'll see what happens next week, but he better be here for the finale because I cannot recap a two hour, maybe three hour finale all by myself. 
Let's get to some comments. If you have any more comments or questions, keep putting them in the chat. We're only at about 43 minutes. I still have some time left. We'll just go through as much as we can, and then we will wrap it up. Ohio State says, fantastic episode. Amazing that Lindsay won do or die. And they're two for two in the do or die, despite not switching, defying probability. Like I said, Christian Hubicki is probably yelling at his whiteboard right now that people did not obey the Monty Hall rules. They did not switch, and they stayed in, in light of that. And look, I mean, people might just say, I don't understand the probability. I'm just going to go with my gut. My gut says this box. That's fine. But math-wise, you should switch. And Ohio State, like High, is a data scientist and understands that you should switch based on the math. What do you think of the editing this season? I'm a bit, I'm a bit disappointed, as I knew Mike was safe in the season preview he said in a confessional with really great cyburns. Okay, so this is interesting where, you know, people always say, like, do you watch previews? Do you watch pregame interviews? Do you look at, like, uh, commercials or secret scenes? Do they spoil things? Because things like this happen, I always say to be careful with this. And now I truthfully feel like deep down, the producers and people who are editing the show, they know that there are big fans of the show. I don't think they take into account that people like me and others are crazy and we will read into everything. So the fact that, you know, we had the whole Tory and the potato gate idol, and even though it didn't matter, it still ruined some early votes for us. I think the editing has been, wait, there's two things. The editing for the season has been amazing. The editing for spoilers or, or kind of revealing who can go far, that has been bad. They've kind of tipped their hand to some outcomes in the season with Tori and maybe Ohio State's pointing out with Mike. But additionally, though, this editing for the entire season has been fantastic, putting aside this little wrinkle of how far people go. Because if you look at the confessional counts, now that Lindsay's been more on the rise, everybody's gotten a lot of confessionals. It's way more even spread. I don't know who our winner is at this point. I hope it's Omer. But even if it's not Omer... We've gotten some great confessionals from Mike, from Marianne, from Lindsay, from Jonathan, from Omer, and even Romeo has had some good confessionals as well. So it's, and obviously before he left, High was highly edited. So a lot of people are getting confessionals, making it hard to tell who the winner is if it's not Omer. But I really do feel like the editing has been great aside from that other point. Green Bay Packer says, it's the first time all season that I'm caught up on the episodes. That's great. Um, and what an awesome episode to be back for. Green Bay Packer, it's been a while. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you were caught up and you watched live. And yeah, you picked a good one. Despite the do or die, it ended up being a fun episode. I think this has been a very strong season ever since the start. I think the only vote, and people can obviously give me their opinions in the comments, the only tribal that i feel like was kind of slow was maybe the mariah vote or the swathy votes because those were pretty obvious in the pre-merge but every but every other votes like you know even the first vote with zach the, the whole jenny tribal council daniel's tribal council you know lydia chanel the double tribal high this has been a lot of great tribal councils and a lot of great episodes and i think it's been great to catch up on and i'm glad you were here for an, a good episode to be back for and the world of mathematics has been sent back in time um, with Monty Hall failing. And I think you also said later that Christian Kubicki is going nuts on Twitter. He, 
poor Christian. I mean, Christian is so smart and people should just, should just listen to Christian more, honestly. I mean, if I was as smart as Christian, I would be set, honestly. Um, these twists are working out exactly how they were meant to. After tonight, the season went from average to very good and an awesome cast remains. I think the season has been very good for a while. I, I Like I said, some votes have been more average than others, but it's an amazing cast. There's very few duds. Even people who you may not be rooting for, like Tori or Jonathan, you can't deny that they are great like TV because I've always said that. I, I say this to Dylan all the time. Whether it's reality TV shows, whether it's like a, a sitcom, whatever it is, the producers and the directors, they want you to have a reaction to players or to characters. You either want to love them or hate them. If you feel like ambivalent on somebody and you have no opinion, like I, I could take them or leave them, they, they, they didn't leave an impact, which isn't great. And I think that this season, you either love players like Omer, Drea, Hi, uh, or you dislike players like Jonathan or, or Tori or whoever. Like, you have an opinion on these players. And I feel like that's the mark of a great season when every member of the cast leaves an impact on you. And I think that's why this season has been so strong. Unfortunately, I mean, we can get into this later once we get past the finale. I'd be very curious to know from people, and you can tell me now, you can tell me, you know, after the season, where where we would rank this. Would we say this season? And I know the winner. Whoever the winner will be, and obviously no spoilers, the winner obviously has an impact on how highly you rate, you rate a season. Sometimes the season can be lowered or hired. That was not right. Higher or lower based on the winner. But I feel like this season could have easily been a top season. The problem is when it comes to some of the twists, when it comes to some of the, the changes and like, you know, like you, you can argue like the packages or the slow-mo, whatever it is. I don't think it'll ever be in, the, in like, a, like a top 10 season, but it's a very good season. I feel like it's a big step up from 41. And I hope that future seasons in this era keep going. I mean, I, I'm somebody who, and I don't want to be results oriented or, and I don't want to be, you know, recency bias, but if we have a great winner and it's a really good end game, this could be definitely top half and you could even push it into top 15 if it ends up being really strong, but it's been a great season so far. This blind side was better than, than the sham blind side, in my opinion. So lightning, are you, if you're still here, are you, are you referring to tonight's episode with Drea's blind side or with high's blind side? Because I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you mean tonight because we're talking about tonight's episode. And yes, this blindside Adrea, even though she kind of had a sense that she was in danger, it was a great blindside and it was a lot of fun to watch and was better than the sham blindside. But even last week with High going home, that was an even better blindside as well. Okay. I'm going to skip any comments that mention predictions just in case they're correct. I know they're not, but just so we don't have any real or fake spoilers out there. Um, I know Lindsay did not play the Monty Hall correctly, but I could care less because didn't get her out. I, I, I agree. Cosign hundred percent. If this got her out, we would be very upset. And in the end, even though she didn't play it correctly, I, I, I don't care. I, I, she's safe and that, and that's what matters. Yeah. Tonight's fine. I don't care. sounds good. If Omer wins, it's a top 15 season. Yeah. Like I said, if Omer wins and we have a great winner and we've had a great end game and a great merge. This can really elevate it in the rankings. Um, I never would have expected everyone to be so joyful after a tribal like that. It just goes to show how well liked Drea was. She was going to win if she wasn't voted out. So this is what people were kind of saying. And, and if you listen to the music, not to like, you know, 
look at spoilers like retroactively, the music that we were getting when they were talking about Drea was very similar, if not the same, to like the music when Sham went home, where it's like, this is a player who, if we don't take them out, they'll win the game. That happened to Shan. It, Ricard got similar music. High got some music last week. And they, they're, they're talking to us like, if Drea goes to the end, she's going to win. And I think that was kind of a telltale sign that they were, even if she survived tonight, I don't think they were ever going to let Drea get to the end. She was such an endgame threat due to her social game, her physical game, her strategic game. So I'm very happy to see that people, even though they took Drea out, they um they were very uh just you know jovial to each other shall we say let's see omer is playing the best game agreed since he's running the show and not getting targeted also agree but after drea called him out they might vote him out next either that or he might lose in fire making so this is the one thing that i feel like could get people upset now i didn't see anything on twitter about this yet but after the podcast i'll go check it out I could see a scenario where people are like, if you're a purist of the game, when you're voted out, then you you say nothing. Like you, you say like good game, everyone, but you're out of the game. You can't really impact the game at that point. Or maybe you're someone who believes once your torch is snuffed, you're done. You can't say anything. But I, I didn't mind it. I think it was kind of interesting to see how um to see how Drea went to every person and said, like, Omer, you know, I only told you, keep that in mind, people um you know mike you know i love you uh, if you get to the end you'll win Lindsay, i'm rooting for you girl uh romeo you're kind of floating along she kind of let people on the jury and people in the game know like what her perception of everybody was and i'll be and i would be curious to know what ponderosa if people either co-sign her thoughts or they disagree but i feel like you can go either way some people might not like that she said this she's out of the game she should she should she should keep those comments to herself or you know, as long as your torch is lit, you can say whatever you want. I mean, I go back and forth. I mean, we see all that. We saw this in older seasons too. This isn't a new school thing. We saw back in the day where people would leave and say, oh, and by the way, um, this person has an idol. Or when Eliza goes home in Micronesia, she's like, by the way, guys, Ozzy still has an idol. So people all the time are like willing to say things on their way out. So I don't think it's a big deal, but I, I wouldn't want it to become a major trend, shall we say um let's see people are saying in the comments how um they would want they want omer to win they don't want marianne to win um let's see i hope the jury doesn't vote based on gender since in their minds if you okay oh yeah so in their in their minds they haven't seen 41 they don't know erica won so you hope that they don't vote based on gender uh because a female hasn't won in their mind All right, I think we're good. Maybe had a little uh, internet blip for a second. <laughs> Maybe it's a sign that we should start winding this down, but I'll keep going through the comments uh, quickly. Uh, people just let me know in the comments if we are still uh, rolling, we're still good to go. But uh, like I was saying really quickly, um, that I think people in the end, like Green Bay says, I think they just, they in the end, they vote based on like ability. Number one, you're going to vote for who you like the best and who you want to represent your season. And then obviously you take into account who played the best game. And I, I think in the end, they're going to vote for who played the best game. If they voted for Drea or if they voted for Lindsay, I would, or I guess Marianne as well, I would hope that they would vote for those uh, ladies 
because they played a strong game and they they fought hard and they were willing to make moves. Not just about that, but um, I, I have a feeling that they would vote based on uh, good. We're good to go. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think they would vote based on the, the game that they played. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Credit to Marianne for lowering her threat level, but she hasn't done anything except use Jonathan as a shield. Yeah, so Marianne is somebody who the whole season she's gotten a half likable, half annoying edit, depending on how you feel about her. Um, I know the audience is very split. But yeah, I mean, I think she's somebody who is playing a decent game. I just don't think she would get the respect of the jury. I feel like every time we see her, um, we get a lot of funny moments from her, but sometimes that doesn't translate well to other players in the game. And I feel like people, if you were up against a Mike, Drea's gone, but Mike, a Drea, a Hi, an Omer, a Lindsay, I feel like she doesn't have as much respect from others that those other players would. Mike is playing a great social game despite being emotional at times. Yeah, Mike is a great social player. Everybody wants to work with Mike. Maybe it's it's being a former New Jersey firefighter. People make great connections with him. He's able to bond with everybody. I think he's great there. I think his one problem, as you pointed out, Lightning, I'll bring it back up, is the emotional side where he feels slighted by high, even though they were working very closely together. And now he feels that he made a big move. And because of that, Omer and others are seeing him as the next biggest threat. So... I think he is playing well in that aspect of the game. And I think he has some strategy, but I feel like he's not taking everything else into account as well. Let's see. Um, Jonathan would have won in the era of Mike Holloway or Ben Dreebergen, but now it's just tougher challenge beast to win like Xander. I, yeah. I, I feel like I, I, I half agree. I feel like, yes, I feel like now because they cast a lot of super fans, they cast my friend doesn't like this, but like, like game bots, like a lot of people who are very like um, strategic super fans, like they play very hard. And those types of players want to award similar types of players instead of the challenge beast. So I do think it's harder for challenge beast to win now. But I mean, just to use this as an example, if we saw like a Kim or like a Boston Rob or like a Tony, somebody who is a challenge beast and is also playing a strong strategic game and they're very social. If they have the, the triple crown, so to say, they're going to win. So, I mean, Jonathan, if Jonathan had the likability of some of those other winners and he was more social and more strategic, I think he still could win, even if he was a challenge beast. But I just feel like he's lacking the other element. And Xander, obviously Xander was very young. Yeah, he people saw him as, as impressionable. Um, and even though he had some obviously good strategic chops, I think Xander was a decent player. I just don't think he had the respect from the jury because people saw him as disingenuous sometimes. Okay, now we get to some questions as well. So Lightning asks, it looks like Lindsay has an idol. Yeah, because now that she has the amulet, um, it turned into an idol. Marianne has an extra vote in an idol and Omer has an idol. How will it play out? So... This is what we have to figure out because Omer is holding on to Mike's idol, but Mike is still in the game. Mike wasn't voted out. I would assume Mike is going to ask for it back and Omer has to give it back. I Unless the, the, the rules of the beware idol say once it's a real idol, it cannot be bestowed to somebody like Omer can't like kind of like the whole Sari and Sarah thing. Like you can't claim it as your own. I feel like Omer 
has an idol, quote unquote, but he has to give it back to Mike. If Mike says to him, I'm still in the game and I want my idol back, he has to give it back. The only way it's Omer's is if the rules say, if you give it to somebody, it's now theirs and they choose what to do with it. So I'm going to assume to answer Lightning's question that Lindsay, in terms of the advantages, not counting shot in the dark, Lindsay has an idol, Marianne has an extra vote and an idol, and Omer has Mike's idol or Mike has his own idol. Those are the only ones left. Um, I think it plays out where we definitely see something played next week. I feel like idols are good until final five. So Mike and Marianne can use their idols until final five. Um, I, I, I'm going to assume the amulet is the same. Maybe amulet's final six. Extra votes probably final six. Shot in the dark's final six. We're, we're, we only have two more votes left because final four, once again, is fire making. So... With only two votes left, I feel like we're going to see some idols played, but I don't think it's going to get as crazy as Advantage Geddon where, you know, like, Jonathan's safe, Lindsay's safe, Marianne's safe, Mike is safe. I mean, could it happen? It could happen because then the only person without something is Romeo or technically Omer if Omer doesn't have Mike's idol anymore. I feel like it's going to play out where we will see Advantage is played, but I don't think it'll get to the point of Advantage Geddon. If I had to guess... Maybe next week they go for Romeo was an easy vote, but I feel like Jonathan might be the next. I feel like it's going to be Jonathan or Mike. If I had to make my gut instinct right now, I don't think Omer. I think Omer's still fine for right now. I hope he wins. Maybe if something happened to him, it'd be like a final four. I think Omer's fine. Lindsay seems to be fine right now. I feel like they might go for Jonathan. And if they can't get Jonathan, they might go for Mike next as the next biggest like open threat. Omer would be such a great winner if he wins the season. He was brilliant about telling. Yeah. So Omer is doing a great job navigating this game and just maneuvering very well. And again, he's the only person with no votes cast against him. And at this point, as of tonight, nobody seems to be onto him. Were you surprised that only two people competed in the challenge? I thought at least three or four would compete. So I'm, I'm not really shocked. I feel like, because these people, again, they didn't see last season. And I, I speaking for myself, I would never want to go home due to a game of chance. Like, I would want to win immunity, whether I had an idol or not. But I feel like if I heard from Jeff, you can sit out or you have to play. And if you your first out game of chance, I mean, speaking for myself, I'm somebody who endurance, I'd be okay. Like, I think it depends on what type of challenge it is. If it's a challenge like that where you're uncomfortable and you're numb, I, I would be out so quick. I wouldn't want to risk it. So in my mind, if I'm D Drea, Marianne, Romeo, Omer, everyone that set out, and Mike, they're probably like, I don't want to risk going home to a game of chance. In the case of some of them, like Drea, Marianne, and Mike, if I have idols and advantages, I'm not going to risk going home with them. So the only person that it made sense to play was Jonathan, because Jonathan knows that he's a target and he knows that he doesn't win he could be going home because he has no ammo in his pockets and Lindsay, she didn't have to compete tonight but i think we saw her reasoning where she's like it was probably stupid to do it because i was safe and i think she would have been safe tonight regardless but i think in her mind she wanted she was kind of tunnel visioned on i want to prevent him from winning so we, he can go home and i'm the only one because she and him are the only ones left to have won something because hi and tori are gone um at this point, Lindsay says, I'm the, I'm the best shot we have to take him out. And I think, so I'm not surprised it was those two, but I thought maybe at least one more would play. Maybe like three. 
So Omer has a real dilemma with with giving the idol back. I think he gives it back to preserve his likability. I think Green Bay, like I said earlier, we have to just figure out legally, does he have to give it back or does he have a choice? Does the does the rules of the law and the idol say he has to give it back because idols are non-transferable or are they transferable and he can now choose to give it back? Um, I feel like if we, if we want to go off last season with the extra vote, the whole Shannon and Ricard thing, technically Ricard didn't have to give it back. So if in this new era, if you give somebody something to hold, maybe they don't have to give it back anymore. So we saw last season where Ricard was holding on to the extra votes and finally he gave it, he gave it back to Shan, but he didn't want to. And he seemed like he wasn't going to. So maybe Omer doesn't have to give it back. I still think he has to based on the rules, but I feel like Omer is so good in this game that he doesn't need to hold on to Mike's idol because Mike would see that as a big strike against him, like with Chanel and with High. So I think either Omer has to give it back or he chooses to give it back. What happens if Lindsay decides not to play in Immunity Challenge? Do you think Do or Die is ultimately gone? So yeah, this is a really good question where if obviously if only Jonathan plays... John, I think Jeff would say, Jonathan, you're the only one who played. You win by default. We have no challenge. Go, go back to Cam, strategize. And there would have been no do or die, which I think a lot of us would have preferred. I think by the same token, if nobody played in do or die, what would happen then? I think the producers would try to have somebody at least say they would play or in their minds, they know at least one person will do it like a Jonathan or like a Danny or whoever is like such a competitor. They will play no matter what. Um, if Lindsay doesn't play, Jonathan gets it by default and they strategize. And I think if none of them play, Jeff just says, fine, go back to camp. Nobody has immunity tonight, which would have been, I think, even more fun to watch. Despite some pitfalls in 41 and 42, the casting has improved so much from earlier seasons. They're casting hardcore super fans and real gamers. I love the aspect of Survivor. So I do agree for the most part. I do think the casting has gotten really good. I think this is an amazing amazing cast I, I don't want to compare it to like other great casts like china kagian david versus goliath pearl islands but it's a really strong cast and i think that if we look at an all new player season this is going to be regarded as a really strong new group of people the one thing i would disagree with is we can't just have all super fans i, I love super fans i'm a super fan i think it's a great archetype to have because you get people who are going to play hard take big risks, make big moves, great TV. It's a great formula. But if you have a lot of, like I said, the same term, game bots, if you have, if you have a lot of you know, super fan players, it might get a bit boring where you need some authentic people. You need like your mics or you need like your um, your Natalie's from David versus Goliath or you need your like, you know, your Burton's or your Rupert's. Like, like, like you need like your Jerry Manthes. Like, I can go on and on about like coach your big characters who in their first season weren't like big strategists. They're just big personalities. And I feel like you need those in the show. You need your balance of gamers, your, um, your, you know, your super fans, not so much fans. If you have a good mix of people, it makes for a really good season instead of just having one archetype of people. This has to be the last, okay, I, I, I found the comment from earlier. This has to be the last season of do or die. The one in nine odds of it working both seasons are crazy, but in future seasons, everyone will know the twists and they will swap for the two and thirds odds. I mean, listen, 
Jeff's probably licking his lips like, see, this is why you go with your gut and survivor. You trust your guts. And I feel like Jeff has to know that people are going to be, uh, are going to be switching in the future. Um, I feel like this is the end of do or die. Like Dylan and I have said on the podcast before, I feel like most twists we're not going to see again because we've seen them play out a B the fans and the players have reacted negatively to comments and to uh, have re have reacted negatively to some of the twists and now people know about them as well. I feel like we don't see do or die again. We definitely don't see the hourglass again. Um, I don't think we see the beware advantages because of the phrases. I don't think we see knowledge as power. If I had to pick one or two things that would stay from the season, I think, I mean, the double tribal twist is not new to the new era. So I think we see that again. That's totally fine. Um, but anything else we would see from this season? Uh, let me know. Let me know in the comments if there's anything that you want to see from the new era of Survivor. That's not the hourglass or the do or die. What season had a best, a better do or die episode? Uh, I think 42. I agree with Ohio State. I feel like um, this had a, a better episode for the do or die. Any chance there was a sleight of hand trick where Jeff would have revealed a flame regardless? I hope not, since it wouldn't be fair play. So if I'm reading the question correctly, um, if Jeff would have revealed a flame regardless. So I think if it's like the authentic Monty Hall problem, like the cars and the goats, Jeff Jeff knows where the flame is. So when uh, Lindsay picks it, he says to her, I'm going to open up one of the other two and it's going to be a skull. Now you can choose to keep your box, which could be a flame, or you, if you believe it could be a skull, you can switch and she should have switched and she didn't switch, but she was fine anyway. Um, I don't think Jeff would have revealed the flame. Jeff, oh, in that case, always reveals one of the dummy choices. So who do we feel is most likely to win? Um, and then Green Bay gives their opinions in the comments. I feel like based on the gameplay, based on the edit, based on everything, Omer is the most likely to win. I think Mike has gotten a great edit. I just don't know if Mike wins. I feel like the jury would see him as maybe emotional and they would see him as somebody who um, says said he was loyal and then didn't follow through on the loyalty. People don't like when you say one thing and then you do another and you kind of go against your mantra in the game, so to say. Now, Mike obviously can say, look, I'm playing the game, but you have to own it. You can't go into Final Tribal and not own your game. So if Mike goes into Final Tribal, if he makes it there, he's got to say, I tried to play loyal, I evolved my game, and I did what I had to do, made the moves I had to make to put myself in the seat and vote you out. I'm sorry I did it, but I had to play the game and change up my strategy. He would get respect. What Mike cannot do is say, I'm a loyal guy. I'm a loyal guy, and I only turned on people when they came for me first. They're not going to buy that. So I feel like Mike could win, but I don't think he's a likely winner compared to Omer. I feel like Lindsay has a chance to win. She had a very quiet pre-merge, but I feel like she's gotten a great rise in the last couple of weeks. She's emerging more as a player. She's getting more confessionals. She could be getting that Erica treatment. I don't think they do it to us two seasons in a row, so I don't believe that she does win. But between Omer, Mike, and Lindsay, I think those are our most likely winners. I don't, I feel like Marianne has a chance. She has a chance to win, but I don't know how likely it is because she's been given sort of a likable but annoying edit. I don't know how much respect the other players have for her. 
Also, she's a bit younger than there. She's 24. Everyone else is, is in their is, is in their late 20s, early 30s. So I'm not sure how much they would, you know, you know, want to give her the money potentially. I mean, I, I don't want to dive into all that, but I'm just thinking about what people would look for in criteria. And I think Romeo, I have to think Romeo's drawing dead at this point. Unless Romeo takes out Omer or Romeo makes a Hail Mary play, I don't see him winning. And I feel like Jonathan has really ruined his odds with some of the jury members as well um let's see yeah we already talked about the advantages we already talked about advantage getting and why it probably won't happen we talked about omer being a genius and omer orchestrating big moves i'm just trying to go through the comments because we're approaching an hour and 15 minutes trying to see if there's anything new here um omer has a lot of really great moves we talked about this earlier Omer has been controlling the game. Let's see. What else do we have? Um, do you think Omer wins the next immunity challenge if it's a puzzle for the next two? Omer is probably the person left that is the best at puzzles. Jonathan's definitely not. We haven't seen Romeo on a puzzle. Maybe Marianne and Omer have the best chance at a puzzle. So if, if it's a puzzle, which I hope it is as a lover of puzzles, I hope it's that. I think he could win that. Um, let's see. It was cool to see Lindsay's backstory. Yeah, I thought she was goner. <laughs> when we saw Lindsay's goodbye package, I'm like, oh no, she's going to lose do or die and she's going to go home. So I'm very grateful that she survived and that was a, a, um, a little juke on the uh, on the uh, side of the uh, editors. Seasons are a lot of fun to watch when you have a lot of true gamers. I always want people to play hard. Um, talks about 42 versus 41. Drea was a lot of fun this season. She, her laugh was, <laughs> Drea's laugh is funny. If, if you don't laugh at Drea's laugh, there's something wrong. Cause Drea just makes you smile with her, with her antics and her, and her, like <laughs> her laugh as well. Now see, I'm laughing in regards to her laugh. Um, I was so entertained by this episode that I'm going to watch it again before next week. Maybe I'll do the same. If I have time this weekend, maybe I will rewind and watch it and get to skip the commercials um it was classic seeing the jury's reactions to Lindsay and mike and the jury i think had a lot of fun with this as well it's a fun again it's a fun group of people omer's one of the smartest players we've seen in many seasons i agree um these last several episodes and omer's gameplay have solidified him as an all-star whether he wins or not, Omer is going to be one of the bright spots uh, of the season, one of the people that people want to see come back, whether he's a winner or not. And I think we can all agree, even if he doesn't win, he's been the best player this season. For a while, we thought, hi, Omer is the best player this season, but we'll see what happens at the end. Wouldn't be shocked if Christian makes it, <laughs> if Christian goes back to RHAP. I could see Christian crashing the Zoom call with Robin Steven and just saying, like, guys, I pitched. The strategy of do of do or die. No one listens to me. We better not see this again because the science is and probability is correct. So I would not be surprised as well if Christian makes another guest appearance. Um, Christian is going nuts on Twitter. Um, I think we only have about like two more questions and then we can wrap tonight up. Thank you, everybody. This was a lot of fun. Um, again, Christian, Green Bay, Ohio State, Lightning. Everyone was really great in the comments to share everything keep me keeping me company while i'm alone so i really appreciate all of the uh commentary tonight guys it was a lo lot of fun um last few questions how would you rank the remaining six players so I, I just went over this but i'll say it one more time omer has the best shot 
followed by Lindsay and Mike, then Marianne, then Jonathan, then Romeo. So that's my that's my order. Omer, Lindsay, or Mike, Marianne, Jonathan, Romeo. Omar reminds me of a little like Sari being so sneaky and strategic, but not great at competitions. I hope Omar's lack of success at challenges doesn't hurt him like it hurts Sari. Yeah, and listen, and I listen, Sari, if people don't know this by now, Sari is, in my opinion, the best player to never win. Sari is a legendary player, and she's been screwed over more times than I can count. But no, I do see the comparison where Omar is very strategic, and in Survivor whether you like it or not, challenges have a big impact on the season where if you're somebody who can't get to the end, let's just say you're the biggest threat and you can't get yourself there via fire or you can't get there via the challenges, people will not want to take you to the end. So you have to manage your threat level. And if you can't manage your threat level or if you get found out, you have to be able to win your way to get to the end. And I feel like Omer doesn't need to do that at this moment. People seem to trust him and want to go with him to the end. You know, Lindsay wants to, Mike wants to, Romeo seems to want to, Jonathan still likes him, Mary. Everybody likes Omer. Everyone likes Raymond, everyone likes Omer. But I feel like Omer doesn't have to win a challenge yet. But if he ever gets found out, he has to try to win something. So hopefully it's a puzzle. Okay, so now this is going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, was Kagi on the best cast ever? Um, excluding original cast who defined the game. In my opinion, Kagiyan, David versus Goliath are the best new players. China Pro. Yeah. So basically, everyone's kind of agreeing, and I um, agree with you as well with what we were saying earlier. If we're looking at best new player casts, whether you can say best characters, best players, what was the most fun to watch? Most of the people on Twitter and most of the fan base agrees. Pearl Island is up there, China is up there. Kagiyan is up there. David versus Goliath is up there. Um, all new player seasons as well. Um, Token Chains, as I think for me as well, Token Chains is a likable, really fun newbie cast to watch. Um, I'm going through my mental roll uh, All the ones I just said. Um, uh, let's see. What else is a really good season with great players? Uh, Pearl Islands, China, Kagiyan. Um China, Pearl Islands, Kagiyan, Dave versus Goliath, um, um, Token Sheens, um, Co a Korong. Korong, in my opinion, is another really, really good one with great players and a really fun cast. And I would say this season, I mean, if we're just going to rank top 10 new player casts and not go into the whole season, I don't want to sound, you know, recency bias, but I would agree. I feel like this is a top 10 newbie cast it's a really fun group i agree i hope marianne has finished washing token chains I i'm sure she has um and the last comment that we'll go over tonight is lightning where he says he or she says what could stay as knowledge is power interesting i know it's overpowered but i have grown on this i feel like it makes for good tv it is overpowered and i feel like the reason why it hasn't been too overpowered yet is because people talk people talk too much they share this advantage. And then like we saw last season and this season, if you know what it is, you can find a way to debunk it because no one would guess Tiffany had it. And if Mike gave his idol to Lindsay or to Omer, Drea wasn't going to guess that. So you have to not say anything. I don't like it. I think it's overpowered. I don't want to see it again, but I can see your point. I can see your point where because it hasn't proven to be deadly yet, um, then it's... Uh, it can come back. 
I think I just figured out what I would want to come back, even though this might be kind of like a, a nothing burger. I feel like Shot in the Dark is pretty harmless. It hasn't worked yet. I'm pretty sure la- next week is the last week it can happen. So I don't think it's going to work. I don't. I think two seasons in a row it's failed. And even though Jeff might say this is a dud, it doesn't impact the season that much. It doesn't break the game. I'm fine with Shot in the Dark. But yeah. Okay. Like I said, thank you all for being with me tonight. Um, this was a lot of fun, even though I had to fly solo. Being with you all and going over the comments was great. We had a great episode with the, even with Do or Die, and I'm very grateful for that at an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast. But we will be back next week. Hopefully, Dylan will not have work. Um, thank you guys. I appreciate the uh, feedback and the kind words. We always appreciate the feedback here. Um, and we will be back next week. I really hope that Dylan is here and not having work. And then after next week of the final six, we have the finale. But other than that, got nothing else for you. So as always, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.